Welcome back to another live B2B jam session with your boy, Tim Salau, Mr. Future of Work. Super excited about my guest for this special evening episode of the jam session. But before I dive deep on who my guest is, I want to show love to my boy, Benedict Arthur, who is tuning in. Thank you so much, Benedict, for being in tune with us. Much love to Oakland and the entire California region. It is crazy out here right now. It's currently orange. It looks like we're on a on a Mad Max movie set if you come out to California right now. It is wild. More importantly, make sure that you're staying in safe, drinking some water. You're not, you don't make sure you're you're taking care of yourself because it is just crazy right now, the pollution in the air. So make sure if you're in Oakland and California that you're taking yourself and you're mindful and you're staying healthy. And once again, rest in peace to the late great Chadwick Bozeman. If you have not watched any of Chadwick Boseman's movies since his passing, we encourage you to. You'll love it. Spend a weekend watching all of the movies he's been, he's been in because you'll love it, okay? All right. Much love to the Facebook user as well who's showing us some love this happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you as well, Facebook user. Hopefully, we can get to see your name so we can show you some love as we dive deep and talk to our next guest for today. He is the CEO and founder of Mighty Labs. HQ. Make sure you check out Mighty Labs HQ Twitter tag. I've already mentioned it in the post above. Mr. Brent Alvord is the CEO and founder of Mighty Labs. And Mighty actually helps companies stay aligned and focused on the right work with, you heard it, fewer meetings. We all hate meetings. The less meetings, the better. <laughs> and that's what they do. They help you have less meetings, which is perfect and is so necessary. Now that we've all shifted to remote work and some companies still have meetings every single day, but Mighty helps you have better meetings by staying aligned in the work that you do. And here's a fan favorite and probably a great question for you all to ask him. His Gallup strengths are restorative, futuristic, and activator. So let us know what your Gallup strengths are in the comments above. We'll ask Brent, when was the last time he took his Gallup test when we have him on? And what his Gallup strengths say about him and his leadership style? But we're going to be diving deep on the future of work, his thoughts on the remote work revolution that we're currently seeing, and also kind of that founder's journey. What's it like building one of the hottest future of work companies in the world right now? And, you know, how does he encourage people who have remote teams to lead in times of struggle and trouble as we're all facing right now with this pandemic we're all going through. With that said, Brent, welcome to the show, man. It's such an honor hey. to have you on. 
How are we doing? Thanks, Tim. Good to see you. How are you, man? I'm hanging in. I'm uh, in a different part of the world than you, though, so I I uh, empathize with what you're going through there with the air and fires. It's um, it's tough. I've, it's seen, crazy. I've seen some photos. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's, we're definitely on an episode of Mad Max here in California, man. First, there was fires. There's this pandemic. Literally, I think the world is is <laughs> the world hates. Yeah, California. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. It's pretty. It is a little. It was a little nerve wracking. Um, we moved. We lived in San Francisco for several years, and um, you know, had a had a few of the fires up in Sonoma back then. But it's, it seems a, a lot worse. So, yeah. so hard, tell us, tell us folks. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about um, you know Mighty. You know, you mentioned that you all. You were you were in SF for quite some time. Did you start Mighty in Utah, or was it here in, in the Bay Area? Yeah, no, I, I moved to Utah right when we were getting started. Really, super early days, still kind of research mode. Um, you know, I love San Francisco, and I and I'd probably live there the rest of my life, probably if I could. But you know, I got I have three little girls, and going into startup mode and it was like, you know, let's tighten the shoestrings a little bit <laughs> and uh, keep the burn down a little bit. And, um, and Utah is a great place. That mountains are kind of my happy place. And I think honestly, like for my ability to stay balanced and, and focused on both work and, and family, my ability to jump into the mountains and kind of get some headspace in is super helpful. So um, we've, we've, we've had a good time here. Yeah. No, I, I, I've always wanted to go to Utah and actually just frolic on the mountains. Yeah. The company we'll, we'll bring a picnic and we'll spin around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. See, let's do it. Utah has the best scenery in the world, in my it's opinion. Beautiful. It's you beautiful. Wow. It is beautiful. You know, it's good. If you ski in summer or winter, it's pretty good. Um, but I think, I think more than that, honestly, like there's been a lot of great companies started in Utah over the, over, you know, the last many decades, I think there were always headwinds facing them, though, whether it was talent or capital, um, you know, early, you know, venture capital would come into Utah for a few decades now, but it was often at the later stages. And I think over the last kind of five, eight, eight years, um, you know, those those true early stage, uh, you know, dollars are, are coming here. There's been some great companies started, great, great talent. So. It's a good ecosystem, good spot. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, when what inspired you to start Mighty? Because you all have actually been around pre-COVID-19. So a lot of people may have caught on to the, the, the your, y'all's recent round of fundraising around COVID-19, but you guys have actually been yeah. in motion building for quite some time. So take us back into that that journey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I started, you know, I started Mighty out of the frustration that I had managing teams. And it was, you know, managing being a manager in a big organization is a super complex job and mm-hmm. people under kind of underrated somewhat but you got all these different stakeholders to keep kind of in the loop and, and manage whether it's your executives that you report to or your peers who you're collaborating and working with the teams that you're actually managing and individuals who you're trying to help learn you know develop and grow and um and there there are information barriers kind of to each of those. And I was just frustrated with it. And um, I started kind of building a model for myself to do it more effectively. And I, I finally got smart enough to kind of 
look around me a little bit and realize it wasn't just my problem. It was kind of this persistent problem and in, in any organization when it gets to a certain size. And I said, you know, uh, something's got to be done. And um, remote work, it, it, you know, I, I don't think it, while I was managing distributed teams, um, some, some people were in person right there and some were distributed. Mm. Uh, that wasn't the core thesis of it. But over the last, um, really the last, since we've been building, we've realized all the organizations we've spoken, you know, in early product validation all the way through now, all have remote work. And it's just clear like that, that is a, a, a really important element to be able to tackle as well. So, so, you know, so now it's like more timely than ever, uh, mighty being used in a lot of organizations, even if they weren't remote before COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think when you're in person, the problem is already there. Like the, yeah. the challenge with kind of information asymmetry and, and kind of work and effort being buried under layers of tools is already there. Um, and a lot of organizations try to just handle it and solve it through osmosis, but management by osmosis, like, doesn't work when people aren't around you, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, by the way, it doesn't work even when they are around you. It's not a great model, but um, you know. And so, yeah, the problem, the the problem, you know, I think increased by an order of magnitude, kind of overnight. So it's it it is uh, it's important. Yeah. So it's it's one of those problems that still persists even beyond you know even even beyond a pandemic, right? So I want to ask you, given everything that's going on, right? Like there's organizations, they have to survive through a pandemic right now. There's, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of software as a service companies popping up right now. Uh, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on the future of, of remote work? Do you like this current condition of how we're all working? What are your thoughts as a, as a CEO and a, and a leader? Yeah, look, I, I think there's some real benefits to it. Um, you have to, I think you have to set up uh, a certain type of flow and process and cadence with the team. You have to be, I think, very purposeful about it. And that's why I think it, you know, it struggled to take off for long enough is that people were like, oh, it's, it's hard. I mean, you have to, you have to be very purposeful in the culture you build, in, in the cadence that you meet with teams, managers and others have to really learn how to, to work asynchronously. Um, and that takes a level of effort and, and intention that, that um, you know, if you don't have to do it, you understood a lot of companies didn't do it. Now they do have to do it. And it's, it's exposed a lot of cracks and processes and, you know, management practices and, and things like that. Um, but now that we were, we kind of accelerated 10 years of digital transformation into like, like three months, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so, so I think that kind of shock, sometimes it takes a major catalyst, but I think it's, it broke the dam in a lot of ways. And I think it'll be here to stay. And, um, you know, there'll be, I think a spectrum of approaches to it. Some will be fully remote, some will be, you know, hybrid, uh, types but i think there's a lot of real benefits to it one of which is it's a, i think it's a major talent strategy for a lot of organizations particularly those who you know struggle to you know bring certain you know whether it's a really niche capability um you know there's all sorts of reasons where being able to hire remote is, is a strategic advantage i think in the long term yeah, you know, I, even on on in, in Silicon Valley, we're seeing new payroll 
companies pop up. One being this company called Deal, that's really like helping people with remote, localized compliance and, and payroll management, which is really, yeah. really interesting. I hadn't heard of that one, but that make that that makes sense. I mean, there it is. It is complicated. I mean, as a as a early stage founder, and you're kind of wearing all the all the hats. Like, you know, <laughs> there's some things you just don't really want to deal with. Like it's like, gosh, I don't know. Like payroll taxes here, benefits there. Like you know, yeah. Uh, you know, there there are definitely real like tactical problems to solve for sure. So yeah, yeah. opportunities for sure. I mean, you've seen it play out. There are companies that are that uh, this. The, the the pandemic and the shift here has been uh, an existential threat and there are others for whom it's it's been a massive you know opportunity so yeah for, be the latter camp <laughs> <laughs> for i mean so for for founders and entrepreneurs who are currently listening to this who are trying to build a company through a pandemic you know what are your two to three practical takeaways for them on how to like inspire their teams and even just make sure that people are aligned yeah, you know, I to me, I mean, it's a big part of what we do as a product is like focus, help companies focus around initiatives. And so a lot of that has to do with the cadence of communication. Um, you know, if you're all just in a room, it's easy to kind of just have that that kind of native awareness that comes with small teams, right? Like you kind of know what everybody's working on. You kind of know how your work matters. You know, you're all kind of rowing in the same direction when when, when you're apart. Um, to kind of bring that that native awareness back requires real purpose and, and intent. And I think a lot of it has to do with cadence and it can't be this constant stream of Slack, you know, chats like that, that they can actually, you know, impact productivity. Um, and conversely, it also can't be overly formal either because it's like, you know, you want to check in on somebody even just personally, like, does it feel too big to set up like a Zoom call to, check it out. It feels like a lot. Like, and so you don't, do you don't, you don't do it. And so like people are falling through the cracks too. So like, you've got to like set up a cadence around it. Um, but as a, as a CEO too, I mean, I think there, there are, there, you have, I mean, we had a, had a team meeting yesterday where, um, and we need to try to do it more often than we were before where it's just like, this is, you know, really clearly, this is the focus and, <clears throat> and being just super, super clear about it. Anything that's not that is off the table for now. And, and you, I think you just have to be over, overly communicative around uh, where everybody needs to focus right now. And if you don't do that, like it's easy to meander down, down strange roads, super fast, you know, yeah. No, you know, one of the things I'm a huge adamant about in terms of even uh, as we lead our teams is, you know, focus and prioritization. You know, I'm a big ruthless prioritizing, ruthless focus type of person. And, you know, to your point, too, in times like this, I think it's there's a lot going on in people's lives, especially, you know, when it comes to your teams, whether it be health, right, and family. And I think uh, a lot of organizations who have tools like Mighty and also have leaders who are kind of mighty leaders, <laughs> like the health. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you better trademark that before I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're but but they're necessary in times like this, right? Where people are, people need support, people need care, and they need. Oh, man. I tell you, know, you, I mean, I think there's one thing that you don't really realize. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe people are have 
eyes you know more wide open than I did before being a CEO. But heck, everybody's everybody's got a life, man, and yeah. people deal with things that you just don't know. And um, as and I don't know everything as, as a CEO by any means, but I do am made aware of things that and people people deal with things. People have life life events. Uh, good things, bad things, and um, and you know, I think as a CEO, it's opened my eyes and I think increased my empathy to to be able to feel and and relate with people in a new way. And whether they're on my team or not, you go out in the world and the way you treat somebody, and you realize like everybody you meet has something happen, something going on, mm. and. So I don't know. I, I think you have to have an extra layer of, of empathy all, all the time, but particularly now that people are people are dealing dealing with things for sure. Yeah, man, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Compassion. It pays to be compassionate. It pays to be. Yeah, yeah. It really does. <laughs> it really does. So talk to talk to us a little bit about what's in you know my HQ's tool stack. So you all are a remote decentralized team, of course. So what are some of the tools that you all use to like keep in operations or that integrates with Mighty? Yeah. Um, funny. I think I uh, I think I closed it down, but I had a, <laughs> I had a I had a whole list here a minute ago because I was looking at was looking at our burn, just kind of going through things at a granular level and. Um, we have so many more tools than I thought I did. Than I thought we did, um, but obviously the core, the core is you know we're we're pretty heavy in Slack. We've got integrations between all the primary. It's kind of our primary notification layer. Like anything big happens in GitHub to to Jira to you know Confluence anywhere else. Notion, um, you know, it all kind of it all kind of streams through there. Um, I think a pretty classic. Pretty classic setup, and then we use Mighty, obviously. <laughs> so, like, you know, talk about our team meeting yesterday. When we talk about focus, it's like, okay, you know, when we talk to teams, we talk to organizations, we talk to departments, and we're like, you know, how many people do you have? Like, what are y'all focused on? And like the lists and lists of things that they're focused on. It's like, no, you you get three. <laughs> like you, you know, you can't you can't focus on fifteen things at once with ten. 10 people yeah like choose three and um and you know that's kind of what we do as a team and in mighty that's what helps us focus it's like here are our three key things we're working on right now mm. these big three things and if and and all the work that we're doing streams into those and i can see you know, i don't spend my time in jira i spend my time in mighty when i need to check in see where teams are focused see where things are aligned see how things are moving forward see where the momentum is Mm. I go to Mighty and if and and we capture everything and if stuff isn't kind of falling into those three buckets and it kind of comes down here, it's like unaligned. There's there, it usually sparks a conversation. Maybe sometimes it makes sense, like oh, it's like a keep the lights on type thing. But if it's not, you know, you, we 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 kind of just try to snap back and mm. focus. So we use Mighty. Man, you know, no, I think every startup founder needs to use Mighty. <laughs> Especially yeah. with the chaos of building a startup in the early days, you need a tool that really helps you focus. Yeah. Well, we can't help you focus necessarily on your, like, I think I think the hard thing about a startup is getting, I mean, there's a lot of hard things about a startup, let's be honest. But <laughs> one of the hard things about the startup is, um, you know, you, you get so many requests from so many different people pulling in different directions and prioritizing what to do. 
Um, but once you get once you get through that and you set your initiative, we're 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 your jam. We got you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, Brent, like, would love to ask you. You know, who have been some of your favorite leaders who have kind of inspired your leadership style in terms of how you lead your teams and kind of embrace you know this remote first working environment that we have now. Um, who have been some of my, some some of the some of the folks that that I've followed. I mean, a, a lot of your key folks. I think that that a lot of people here do, but. Um, you know, I think I follow the culture is is how I think about a lot of those things. Like the culture that Stuart Butterfield is an example. He wouldn't, you know, he doesn't know me, but I've I've met him a time or two, and just seeing the empathy that he has <clears throat> that he has for his team, the kind of culture that he's tried to build there, um, the kind of collaboration he's tried to build there. Um, you know, the types of books he reads. You know, the way he stays informed. Um, you know, I, I look up to him a lot. Yeah. Shout out to Stuart Butterfield. If you see this on Stuart Twitter, Butterfield. show us some love and, and retweet. And I didn't just say that because they're an investor in us, but, but they're, I, I've, I've looked up to Stuart for a long time. I remember, I remember when I lived in San Francisco, going to watch him early days, telling his story on the Stanford campus about, you know, this massive pivot from a game company to, to what they're doing now. I'm just like, and to hear him talk about culture and the way he, the way he, I think the way he thinks about the world and and analyzes problems and the way he thinks about people is is yeah. pretty special. It's very designer centric. Stuart is a great leader. Stuart is a great leader. You know, I want to I want to have you share a little bit more about you know with given like every company now you know fully remote and decentralized. You know, what would you say is if if there's a tool outside of Mighty, that every company should be using right now <laughs> to ensure that they're successful, what would that be? Hmm. Outside of Mighty. Yeah, Slack. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Do you Slack here, guy? <laughs> we do use Slack. Um, what, is it, what would be the one tool? I guess it depends on the problem you're trying to solve, but if you're talking like you know, yeah, honestly, I, I think so much of it has to do with communication, that tying tying together um, and making communication more fluid, more easy, you, you know, but also kind of on your own schedule. A lot of people don't realize the, the, the power of Slack, but the breaking down of those barriers and, and kind of being an API for your organization is a big deal it, as, as a platform. Slack as a platform, and um, you know, I don't know. In my view, I, I could do without email. <laughs> <laughs> I could do I could do without a lot of things, but um, but I think Slack is kind of that like API for our organization. To be honest, yeah. with you. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a little cliche to say, but it is though. It is though. No, it's, no. It sounds like you know you're 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 the type of guy, Brent. He's like. Focus, clarity, like what can we do to, to, to rid off all the distractions? <laughs> yeah. I'm also not the one, but I'm also not the, yeah, exactly. So Slack can be distracting. You gotta you gotta have a strong like notification game on there. You you cannot, you know, you've gotta set you gotta set you gotta set that thing up in a way that maximizes productivity and not is not distracting. It, it yeah. takes a little bit of thinking. 
and a little yeah. bit of practice. But once you once you've got it down, I think you can you can make it happen. Yeah. 100%. Pause notifications, folks. Pause them. <laughs> Pause them after five p.m. Don't check the Slack. Brett, it was such a pleasure having you on the show today, man. What would be your powerful takeaway for our guy community on how they can find more focus in their work life? Yeah. Um, you've, you've got to learn how to work and manage hmm. synchronously. And, uh, and that includes notifications. Honestly, you've got to learn how to like batch your time and schedule your time in a way that, that maximizes your productivity. Hmm. My takeaway. So batch, Batch scheduling, batching, just in general. Yeah, batch, batching things together and making sure everybody else is aware of, of how you batch your day up and and uh, stick to it. Man, I love it. I love it. That's a productivity hack. One of those batches has got to be personal. A big one. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Like if you don't take care, don't you don't take care of your your body and your mind. Um, it's too hard. It's really just too hard. So one of those big batches, I don't care if it's early in the morning, late at night, middle of the day, one of those batches has got to be for you. Powerful. Put it on your Google calendar, folks, or even make sure yeah. your Slack. <laughs> Google calendar. So automatic notification to your Slack and make it happen. Oh, man. Brent, man, it was lovely having you on. We need to have you on for a future episode. What do you think? Hopefully it's after you write this book on productivity. I feel like you're the productivity guru. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I know a lot of uh, there, there's some interesting things to talk about though. We, yeah. We've got a lot. Of, we've got a whole framework of things around the way you know organizations of the future will work. I mean, what what the way we're messaging right now, things we talk about right now, are just a yeah. of what we think the world looks like in 20 years from now is a whole different thing. That'd wow, that's powerful. That's powerful, Brent. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Be well. And that was the amazing Brent Alvord, who just shared a little bit more about Mighty Labs and what they're doing to completely bring focus and alignment to your team's life, literally. So check out MightyLabs.com. Share the link with you in the comments. Please show us some love. Show Brent and team some love. And check out the product. We're definitely probably going to be using Mighty at Guide. That sounds like an amazing product. And any product that helps people focus is my type of product. Focus, clarity, zen is what we're all about within Guy. So make sure you check out Mighty if you're interested in using that for your personal usage or maybe for your team's usage. Don't know if you can use it personally. It's more so for like teams, but check it out. It might be really, really good for your teams. With that said, that's it for today's evening bite-sized podcast jam session with the amazing Brent Alvord. If you haven't checked out guideapp.co yet, make sure you check out guideapp.co. We are the hottest, hottest, not only B2B company in Oakland, California, but one of the hottest B2B companies in the world. So check us out, show us some love, sign up for our early beta. Literally today was just on a phone with someone from Dell Showing us, showing us some love. They're interested in using Guide for their teams. You should be interested in using Guide to learn and grow in your career. So show us some love at guideapp.co. 
And a lot of people have been telling me, man, Tim, you're amazing at marketing. You're doing all of this. But look, look, I want to be on your show. I want to be on guideapp.co. I want to be I want to be a part of the movement. You can jo- definitely join the movement. Show us some love. Hit us up at utfow.com. I'm always telling people, look, if you want to be a guest, I'm always open to guests. My inbox is crazy. My DMs are crazy. But I always love showing love to people who want to use our platform to lead their platform and movement. So definitely check us out, utfow.com utfow.com check us out if you want to be a guest we'll definitely give you our platform so you can lead your movement all right y'all as always much love to oakland oakland stay safe stay healthy make sure you're not digesting any of these toxins outside in this very red air mars atmosphere that we're living in so make sure you're staying safe you're taking care of your loved ones and once again always rest in peace to the late great child Chadwick Bozeman, you know, let's all make sure that we're doing things that are peaceful and we're not a part of the violence that is in the violence and the protesting, the, the horrible protesting that is going on in the world. No violent protesting, y'all. Be safe, take care of yourself, show love to one another, and stay compassionate. All right. Much love to Oakland if you are in the building. If you're tuning in from Ukraine, Africa, Nigeria, wherever you're seeing this or wherever you're listening to this, much love to you as well. Wishing you and your family love as always. All right. Peace, love, and abundance. See you in the next telecast. Be safe, y'all.
This is idiot.